We've been going so long and I've just got to stop when I come to water running into a pool. I'm instantly revived when I drink a full liter. Hobbin and I have been talking the entire hike about our lives, our loves, our families, our work. Only now do I realize we are the exact same age. That certainly explains our compatibility. I laugh that I just rounded a corner and Hobbit jumped on the train going up. Thank the goddess, I say, to which Hobbit points out this mountain we're climbing is one of the very few named for a woman, Lemon. Thank the goddess, I say again. And then I point out a less happy fact. We still have another thousand feet to climb. You're listening to the Blissful Hiker Podcast. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. My goal in sharing stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo, female, middle-aged, titanium-reinforced hiker is to empower you to learn to hike your own hike, too. The moon is bright on me in my lair of soft, gravelly sand. The wind blows on my head, but it's never cold. I'm actually sweating, and so glad I asked Richard to send my lighter quilt to Oracle. I pack up in the dim light and eat breakfast as two guys pass on the switchbacks. They don't even notice me tucked in here. I leave soon after them, the rocks like drip castles ahead, turning pink in the morning light. The trail is easy on long switchbacks, the water crashing in the canyon going in and out of earshot as I turn. The men who passed me give me a kind of courage. I'm not all alone on the Arizona Trail. It's being hiked by people right now. It's mostly long grass, juniper, and oak here with oddly eroded rock with long black streaks from the water. I'm glad I stopped when I did because I don't see anywhere to camp. That's until I begin to turn up the canyon and run into Holly or Hobbit, in a bright pink pullover and equally bright red pack. She introduces me to Grumpy Bear, her purple stuffed toy attached to the front of her pack. Oh yeah, Grumpy. I saw a note at Molino Basin that Grumpy was lost, but he seems to have been found and returned. I guess we all need some special talisman to keep us going. Hobbit immediately falls in behind me and asks if she can walk with me. These are flat spots by the water, which I might have reached before dark. But it's crowded with three women, P-Rock, Hardhead, and Drugstore, plus the two men who passed having breakfast, Navigator and Captain, with identical shoes and packs. Hobbit and I march up slowly on this beautiful trail, which I know won't stay this way. My map app, called Far Out, is filled with comments about treacherous trail to come, Hard to find and filled with scrambling. There are also comments about it being hard, but to ignore the fear-mongering. I figure if people have done it with backpacks, it's doable, and to just allow time for it. Hobbit tells me an Arizona trail worker told her Miller's the highest peak, 9,100 feet. Okay, done. Micah's the longest continuous climb, a burning 5,400 feet non-stop up. Yep, did it, check. But Lemon, the one we're on, is the steepest. Oh, dear. 
Hobbit talks nearly nonstop, and it's a delightful change. She stays right behind me as I plod along. She's been section hiking for a decade and saved this hardest part for nearly the end, doing all of it from the border like me and finishing tomorrow. We climb up and up, never meeting those lumpy rocks I had in my sights, but rather taking a sharp right and almost a U-turn towards the trail junction when things get hard. I stop in the shade before we arrive and down an entire electrolyte-laced leader. Then we push on to very steep rock. It's a little under two miles to a ridge, but we move slowly on a weather-worn rock, clingy to my shoes. I don't need to use my hands yet, so it's less scrambling and more large steps and looking for cairns. It's beautiful here, and we can see all the way back to our first sky island, plus into the deep canyon we just walked out of. A young man passes us like we're standing still, but we're having so much fun in this jungle gym of exposed rock and airy views, we don't care. We take a short pause in the shade, and Hobbit lights up a smoke. I'm surprised she has the breath capacity to get up this, but she only smokes a small portion of a cigarette. I share some beef jerky and realize we underestimated the amount of water we'd need. It's bone dry here, though there are running streams over the ridge, so we continue up. You have to understand this is very hard work, every step calculated and different from the last. But it's astoundingly beautiful, too, as we catch glimpses of the desert beyond so far away. Hobbit tells me our climb takes us through as many biomes as from here to Canada. Soon we come to giant ponderosa pine and know we're getting closer. When we crest, it's like entering a whole new world. We're in a bowl filled with these whimsically shaped stones. Some look like ice cream cones, others Easter Islanders. One stone is balancing on a piece below and still others are an army of statues. At first, the trail is easier, and I'm so ready to return to those gloriously easy switchbacks. But that's not how it goes in this alpine environment of azure sky, snow patches atop pine needles, and the smell and feel of the Sierra. Now we climb steeply up and down on the grippy rock winding around our hoodoo forest, in and out of one perfect specimen after another. And I'm getting thirsty. At first we spy pools, but they're slow moving. So we move forward towards the spot on the map that marks running water. It's only two miles ahead, but again in such hard terrain, we need to move slowly and deliberately. But we find moving water in a beautiful setting in the shade and sit there a long time eating our lunch. As we leave the water, Navigator and Captain catch up to us, promising to buy the first round of beers in Summerhaven. The trail changes dramatically, heading into forest of tall pines, but still an up-and-down roller coaster on sometimes hard-to-find path. A couple of times, I have to use my hands to throw my body over boulders. We see them again at the rushing stream, and another couple wisely starting their backpack trip from the top. Then it's up and up and more up. As I begin to regain power on the ups, Hobbit runs out of steam. 
I'm not going to let her lose hope. Pointing above to where we're headed, it's the last hard part. She tells me she started backpacking to lose weight and feel better about herself. Also that she really needed to hike today with someone who's encouraging. Oh, it's not that hard a slog. And it's beautiful and pungent in this forest high above the searing hot desert. I can see radio towers and I know that we've made it. One more crest, a whoop and a holler, meeting two people who can't imagine where we've come from. We take no break heading down into snowy forest, another creek running the other way this time. We meet a family with small kids and take one last break in a place that looks like my home of Minnesota before we meet the road. It's funny how a garbage can makes backpackers so happy. (laughs) We unload ours and greet dozens of day hikers before walking up the road for pizza. We order a large pizza to share, only two choices, cheese or pepperoni, then sit on the terrace with Nav and Captain. I wonder what they think of us two middle-aged ladies keeping up somewhat with them. Other people wander in, including lovely bicyclists who rode up the mountain on the highway. Many are curious about what we're doing, but it's hard to understand unless you do it yourself. Most laugh at how we take two pieces of pizza and make a sandwich, dispatching the entire greasy mess in seconds. (laughs) But we don't want to camp here. We gotta move on. And it's a bit of an ordeal to fill our water bottles. The Department of Health won't allow the restaurant to fill them from their faucet, so they pass us cups of water to fill ourselves. We don't take chances of running out of water on the exposed Oracle Ridge, where we'll camp tonight, free of vegetation after recent fires. But with four liters... I can barely lift my pack. As we get ready to leave, Arthur arrives. I'm so happy to see him, but he appears disturbed that I'm here. Oh dear. Something that happens a lot if it's all about miles and all about speed. He barely talks to me, but perhaps that will change in time. I coax a couple to drive us the mile up the road. They're not entirely excited to do it, at least the man isn't but it saves us time, and the sun is beginning to set. It's mostly downhill, some on dirt road and some on trail, a kind of jutting peninsula into the desert. We see a horny toad right away, and I feel like it's such a cap to an extraordinary day. The trail is steep, but it's good, dropping us through agave-dotted grassland, past a massive mine of some sort, down to a saddle where we pitch our tents just as the moon rises. My pegs won't go in, so I pile up rocks and hope for the best. My legs are tingly and sore, but also happy taking me to such beauty. Thankfully, it's cold up here, and I imagine that means a very deep sleep for this blissful hiker. You can subscribe to Blissful Hiker wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen on Apple, please leave a review. Blissful Hiker is on Patreon. You can support the show financially as a patron. Click on the Patreon link in the show notes or at blissfulhiker.com. Next week, it's a very, very steep descent on rocks like ball bearings into Oracle, where a trail angel takes in his first guest, me. Until then, my friends... Kia kaha, and happy trails.